This is a West Wimmera Health Service podcast. Presented by me, Brigitte Muir. Farmer wants a healthy life. This series focuses around stories and issues related to health and well-being. Some of the people we hear from are sharing their stories, hoping that their experiences will help us with our own health and well-being. Please be aware that some of their life experiences may touch on issues that are sensitive to some. Please listen with care. You will find information on seeking help if you need it in the notes attached to each episode. Welcome to the last episode of our last series, Farmers and Friends. Perhaps it is our last episode, but it is by no means the least. What happens when you notice your self-worth isn't that great? Self-worth, hmm, that's not something we think about too often, is it? I talked with Gibson farmer Nick Blanford on Zoom about how his journey into self-worth impacted his life, relationships and views on farmers and farming. Uh, yep, so my name's uh, Nick Blanford. I grew up on my family farm in Merlou, which is in East Gippsland. Um, and I lived there before sort of heading off to university and then I sort of worked a couple of different jobs in Melbourne and in the ACT um, and then came back to the family farm about uh, eight years ago in 2016. You wanted to share your story with our listeners because you found out something about yourself that you were not aware of and something that was dragging you down. Is that right? Um, so, yeah, in 2021, I was a participant in the Gippsland Community Leadership Program. Part of that process, I was doing a lot of self-reflection um, about who I was as a person. Um, and at the time, there was a lot of compounding factors. So we're going through succession, um, which sort of just come out of the 1920 drought. Um, obviously, that was through the COVID years and we were sort of also trying to renovate our house that we were living in. Um, and I think I realised at the time that I was really struggling with my own self-worth um, and the value, like I was taking on a couple of leadership positions and I um, really struggled with what value I was bringing to that, what value I was bringing to the, the farm. I was working part-time at the farm um, and I was also looking after my kids for a couple of days a week. So um, I struggled with what value I was bringing, but also that what my identity was that I didn't really fit, feel like I fitted in in a lot of places. So, yeah, I, I really struggled with that sense of self-worth at that time. And then what happened? You, you, did you realise it and, and move on it? Or how did it start exactly, your awareness of it? I think it compounded over a long time. I think part of that leadership program was really developing those tools to be able to do that self-reflection. And I think I became a lot more aware of it then. I think the thing that I struggled with a lot was I probably didn't feel like like the key word of depression. I probably wasn't enjoying my life so much. I didn't feel like like I was able to get out of bed and I didn't have those feelings of suicide. Was it the feeling of being overwhelmed by everything that was happening, too much on your plate? Yeah, definitely. I think um, there was a lot going on and then, yeah, I, I was struggling. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, shit happens, life happens. And I'm sure you know that you probably not the only farmer in that situation. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's part of the reason why I want to do this is that I feel like that is such an important issue and there's so many people going through this and the stats really say that and it's sort of, yeah, that more people need to be able to speak. Like I listened to a couple of your podcasts and I think um, the one you did with Jumbo, I think that was such a, a great story of someone who's gone through that and been able to overcome those challenges, so... Yeah, and I think that for him, talking about it has been very helpful and, and sharing his story with people. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. Self-worth, that's what you mentioned, self-worth, mm. as a farmer, as a person, as a family man. 
How did that come into play? You realizing it, I mean, realizing it is such a big thing and doing something about it. So what did you do when you became aware of it? So through the leadership program, I really felt doing a lot of that personal development, I probably developed the tools to realize I probably wasn't going as well as I would have hoped. And so a part of that process was really to step up and go, I need to to seek some help from this. So um, I went and had an appointment with my GP to develop that mental health plan. Um, and then from that point, um, was able to get in contact with a counselor and have go through some sessions with her and really help to kind of talk out the problem and really build some resilience around my own self-worth and developing some skills to, to understand that it's okay to have those negative thoughts, but not to let them control me as a person. Yes, it's very easy to fall into that negative um, mindset when you're very busy too and when you have a never-ending list of things to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, like the other side of that as well is for me was to really kind of develop the sense of my own self-worth wasn't directly linked to what income I was making in my job, that I was able to provide more as a person um, to my family in leadership roles and things like that. And that I was more of a person than just, yeah, what my identity was as a farmer. There was more to me than that. And that wasn't just the only thing that identified me. Tell me, do you spend any time outside the farm meeting up with other people? Because having friends is a very important thing too, of course. Yeah, and I think that was one of the real challenges with the COVID years was that sense of isolation. And I think it, it is a difficult thing with farmers that we kind of well, often speak of the, the first and second place as being your home and your workplace. And then that third space is something that really is a difficult place to find. And like obviously community footy clubs and cricket clubs and sporting clubs have been a really important part of that for a lot of people. For me, probably more so um, joining a lot of community groups, so my local land care group, my local CFA, I'm getting involved with some sort of industry programs and industry leadership groups has been really important for me to stay connected to other people. The volunteering is a lifesaver in the countryside, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it can be quite challenging. Like there's a lot of times people feel a bit overwhelmed by joining some of those committees and things like that. It feels like a lot of responsibility. But even just things like going out and doing tree planting has been a really great thing for my mental health. Um, and to be able to do that and participate as a family with my kids has been really, really enjoyable. That's wonderful. So what would you advise be to people, farmers, uh, I guess males mostly, because they seem to be the one who have the biggest problem sharing their issues with others, what would your advice be to them if they feel themselves caught into a net of negative thoughts? I find it really difficult like, and something to really difficult to talk about. Like, I feel like it's really hard to walk around like you don't have a sign on your head that says, I have depression, please talk to me about it. And it's something that I find really difficult to go and talk to other people about, like how do you bring that up? I think it's really important to have those services available to be able to do that, so to be able to see your GP and develop that mental health plan and not feel too proud to be able to do that. I think there's a bit of a challenge at the moment with being able to access those services. Um, and so some of those organisations like the National Centre for Farmer Health are doing really important work to shorten that gap between how quickly you can get access to a service. Um, and I think that's a really important step. Um, but I think even just staying connected and you don't necessarily have to talk about those negative emotions, but staying connected with other people is a really important part of that as well. And, and of course, as a farmer, busy on the farm, it's not always easy to make room for that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's really important, I think, as one of the steps to do to really invest back in yourself and to be able to understand that the most important person on the farm is you and the people that work on your farm. And so 
um, you're better off making sure you look after that asset rather than making sure that the farm's running perfectly. And like, it can be really challenging. Like there's a lot of things we talk about in farming now around resilience and that sort of ability to, to get back up after you've taken the hits. And like, obviously with a lot of environmental problems and natural disasters, it's really difficult to avoid those. And like that becomes such an overwhelming thing for a lot of people, but it's really important then to feel supported. And I think that's one of the things struggling within agriculture is a bit like in the boxing parlance that was in the ring, we're taking the hits, we're getting knocked down. But when we turn around, we feel really isolated and we don't feel those people that are in our corner really backing us up. And I think it's sort of an important thing that we do as an industry that we um, we really feel connected and united as a group. Yes. And have you seen that happen with farmers in your area, for example? I think there are some organisations that are doing it really well. Like I feel like something like a Farmers for Climate Action as an organisation has really built that connection with people that probably kind of feel a bit isolated. Often in rural areas, there's a scepticism about climate change and a lot of people now have been unwilling to talk about it. But now that they feel like they're part of a collective, that they're more able to connect on those sort of issues. I, I really think like an advocacy group that works in that space that really identifies as targeting mental health as for farmers would be a really important step, sort of similar to a Farmers for Climate Action, but a really like a Farmers for Mental Health support as an organisation and a collective. And also like the other side of that is to really advocate to governments and organisations like that to really build those supports and foundations in to make sure that we have the services in rural and regional areas to provide that accessibility for people so they can receive those supports that they need at the right well, time. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, farmers are a very important part of our lives. I mean, without farmers, there's no food, and without food, there's no people. <laughs> so go look yeah. after farmers. Yeah, a part of that is nurturing farmers as well and really feeling supported. So it's both within the industry as well as outside view of the industry that we feel supported from the wider population. And I don't think that means we can't be criticised or question our practices, but then it's still like it needs to be with a bit of care and love as well, I think. I think the word you're looking for is appreciation. Yeah, I think yeah, we absolutely. need to appreciate our farmers. They're doing a vital job for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to talk about for farmers out there who who might not be on top of the situation? I think as an industry, we've got to be really careful. I think um, obviously the National um, Farmers Federation and Norco put out the report of the National Farmer Wellbeing Report that came out earlier this year, and some of the statistics in that were really concerning. Um, particularly around um, the feelings of self-harm and suicide in farmers and like even in younger farmers, those statistics were even higher. I think the response to that report was quite good from a lot of people, but I still think there was a lot of questioning of the veracity of those statistics. And I feel like there is probably an endemic problem in our industry that we're not dealing with particularly well. And I feel like the kind of response to that needs to be really careful and we can't sort of go into that questioning whether the statistics are real. I think it's more that we need to go, okay, the statistics are real and we've done a really good job of awareness now, but it is taking those next steps to really start bringing those numbers down. It's not easy being a farmer, is it? No, no, there's a lot of compounding factors that go into it. And so, yeah, it becomes a bit incompatible with a lot of other lifestyle choices that you're trying to make. So, yeah, it can be quite right. difficult to... To fit everything like taking in. time off? <laughs> Do you ever take time yeah. off? Yeah. Uh, not a huge amount. With my wife, the way that she works is she needs a lot of time before she can take time off, whereas I'm quite like the opposite where I'll be like, oh, I've got nothing on this week. Okay, I can take time off. And she's like, well, and it's fine. Yeah, there's a bit of a disconnect yes. there between the so two of us. So she works off the farm. Yeah, yeah. Do you see yourself in farming 10 years from now? You were talking about the succession planning. Yeah, well, that's kind of the whole problem at the moment is that 
we've gone through a succession plan, but that was more of my um, dad and my uncle separating their business from each other. And that next step of like my parents to me and my generation and my sisters sort of working out how that succession plan is going to go. So we've still got to do that. The problem at the moment generally with the business is that we're probably not generating enough income to be able to support the two families working in the business while we're separating my dad and my uncle's part of the business. I don't know if I can afford to keep working in the, on the farm at the moment. So, sure. um, and what that looks like for the future. So that's mm. sort of why things are a little bit up in the air. Yes, yes, and I reckon that's the case with a lot of people around the land at the moment. Not, not yeah, so many people like, in the younger generation are willing to take on farming, are they? Yeah, and obviously the cost of entry, there's a lot of barriers to do that. But I think we're kind of like succession planning, such a fraught thing. But I think we're getting better at doing that sort of ownership transition of how that's going to work. But then it's also that management transition to be able to step away and go, okay, who's in charge and who makes the decisions and how does that work? There's this outside help you can get, though, isn't there? Yeah, in terms of the people that we've had, they're really good at getting that ownership transition to work really well. But in terms of that management transition, they probably haven't really focused on that. A lot of people talk about it, but it's the working in the business and working on the business and to be able to devote that time to working on the business to make sure that you get those processes and things in place to make sure you know what's happening. It sounds like in the long term, it's worth investing in spending that little bit of time, even if it's just one little bit at a time, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, a really important part of sort of that business transition. Well, I think I'll leave you to it now. And thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. I really am appreciative of your honesty and willingness to send your story out there to help other farmers. So thank you so much for that, Nick. That's That's been absolutely amazing. Thank you. Oh, thanks very much for having me. That was Nick Blanford, farmer and farmer health advocate. Nick, like many throughout our series, highlighted how health can play a pivotal role in our lives, whether it be something big like a heart attack or just making sure to do things you enjoy. Yep, looking after your farm starts with looking after yourself. It's time to say goodbye with a huge thank you from me and the West Wimmera Health Service team. Thank you to all of you who have listened and engaged with the series over the past four seasons. We have heard some truly inspirational stories and we are very grateful to everyone who has been a part of the Farmer Wants a Healthy Life podcast. We wish you all the best with your own health and well-being journeys. Have a healthy life, won't you? You will find, as always, contact numbers and details in the notes attached to this episode. And while you're at it, please give us a star rating. We'd also love to hear your comments and suggestions. Our Facebook and Twitter details are in the notes.